How many people are ready for God's word? Come on, are you ready for God's word? Well, we're in a summer August sermon series that we've been calling Heart for the House. And we're looking at the book of Haggai. It's a short book. It's the second shortest book in the Old Testament. And if you're not sure where it is, go to Matthew, jump back three books, you'll find it. And Haggai, under inspiration of Holy Spirit, shared four messages to God's people. Today is message number three, and we're going to explore together Haggai chapter 2, verse 10 down to verse 19. These are ten powerful verses. The context is things weren't going as fast and as well as God's people expected. Things weren't going super well as they're rebuilding the temple. They're now back in Jerusalem. They're back from Babylonian exile, and things weren't happening the way they thought, not as fast as they should. And they're running into difficulties, and they're running into challenges, and they're, they're scratching their heads like, what's going wrong? Why the difficulty? And so God spoke through the prophet Haggai to them. I want to sh- start with verse number 10. And we're going to learn in verse number 10 that it's another one of those time markers. It says on the 24th day of the the ninth month in the Hebrew calendar, this would take us to the month of December in our calendar, and it's in the second year of Darius, the king of those days, God's word comes to the prophet Haggai. This is what the Lord Almighty, Jehovah Sebaoth, the Lord Almighty says, ask the priests, go to the priests of the land, and ask them what the law says. Now, in those days, the Old Testament law had, there's hundreds of laws, and they were all about holiness and, and godliness and being set apart and, and uncleanliness and undefiled. And there were articles in meat that they would consecrate and they would set as holy for temple worship. And most of the Old Testament laws had to do with this holiness and unholiness, this consecration and this defilement. And so Haggai, Holy Spirit speaks to Haggai, go to the priests and ask them about the law. I want to share with you today four things. Number one, I want to talk to you for a few moments about the two curious questions that God told Haggai to ask the priests. Let's get right to it. Let's get to verse number 12, because verse number 12 is the first question. This is question number one. If someone carries consecrated meat, which is meat that's been set apart and declared holy and consecrated for temple worship. It's in the fold of their garment. They, they didn't have these special bags to go to the grocery store. No, no, no. They, they put all the food in their garment, and they'd roll up their garments, and they'd hold up their garment, and they're, they're holding on to the consecrated meat for the temple in the fold of their garment, Watch this. And that fold touches some ordinary bread or stew or wine or olive oil or any other food. Does, does that food that this consecrated meat touched, does it cause that ordinary food to become holy and consecrated? The priest answered affirmatively based on the Old Testament law. No, it doesn't. It doesn't make it holy because it is holy and it touches that which isn't holy. Write this in your notes. When holy touches unholy, the holy remains, the unholy, I should say, remains unholy. 
Let me say it again. When the consecrated or the holy meat touches the unholy, the ordinary, the unholy doesn't become holy. It remains unholy. Hold on to that. Let's go now to question number two. It's found in verse 13. Then Haggai said, if, if a person defiled by contact with a dead body, because in those days, if you touched a dead body, you became defiled. You became, you became defiled. You became like spiritually contaminated. If a person defiled by contact with a dead body touches one of these things, what's he referring to? Those, those holy meat, the consecrated meat, the set-apart meat. If a person that's defiled by contact with a dead body touches one of these holy consecrated meat that's in the fold of your garment, does, does, does that holy meat become defiled because the unconsecrated, the, the defiled person touches the holy, the priest replies, it becomes defiled. Let me give you the summary of this question. Here it is. When unholy touches holy, the holy object becomes defiled. Now, you gotta, you got to let that wrestle around in your mind to, to sort it out. Let me say it again. When the, when the unholy touches the holy, the holy object, object becomes defiled. And, and God inspires Haggai to ask these specific, curious questions to the priests. Let me, let me give you a summary now. Let's, let's march into number two. Let me, let me give you two summary statements that will help bring this together and, and set the stage for what God was speaking through Haggai to God's people. And I believe what God wants to speak to us today. Here, here's number one. Oh, holiness is not contagious. Holiness doesn't spread on its own. It doesn't easily transfer. It must be deliberately sought out and cultivated an intimate, personal relationship with God. We sung some very intentional songs this morning that our mistakes don't define us. How many people are glad Jesus defines us? Come on, how many people are glad Jesus defines us? How many people are glad that your past doesn't have to negatively affect your potential? How many people are glad that we can come to Jesus and experience grace and forgiveness? But yet, yet holiness is a personal thing. You've got you 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 to seek God. You've got to desire God to have every single area of your life, your mind, your heart, your soul, your actions, your, your money, your family, your career. God, work something. Holiness isn't contagious. It, it's, it's something personal. You've got to work on it. You've got you to cultivate it. You've got you to grow to become like Jesus. You will, you will never become sinless. No, you won't. But you can sin less as Holy Spirit works on you. I pray I'm more like Jesus today than I was a year ago. I pray next year I'm more like Jesus than I am this year. Holiness is a personal cultivation between you and God and Holy Spirit working on it. Number two, but sin, oh, it's contagious. It really is. Let me give you an illustration. It's like dirt spaghetti sauce or a cold. It transfers way more easier than holiness. Dirt, I've done it, and Evelyn's been mad at me. I come in with my dirty shoes, and I sneak across the hardwood floor because I forgot something in the bedroom, and I go up in the bedroom on the carpet. 
You ever notice that the cleanliness of the carpet doesn't transfer onto your dirty shoes? But your dirty shoes transfer onto the clean carpet, am I right? And, and, and dirt just spreads so easily. Evelyn had left the windows open when we were away this weekend. And, and well, I'm sorry, I left the windows open. Let me not blame her. And I'm outside cutting the lawn and I'm trimming and, and dirt's flying everywhere and the windows are open and the dirt went all in the bedrooms. It was horrible because dirt spreads so easy. You know, spaghetti sauce. You know how I know we're having spaghetti in the scar home? Every time I wear a light shirt, we're having spaghetti. We really are. And you all know, you can do your best, but that little sauce, it just stains everything it touches, doesn't it? You got to get that little spray and wash to get it out. How about, how about a cold? If I've got a common cold and, and it's night and I'm going to kiss Evelyn goodnight and I go up to her and I give her a kiss. And I give her a kiss. Her health doesn't transfer to my sickness. My sickness transfers to her health. Here, sin is contagious. Holiness is not easily transferred. It's got to be cultivated. It's got to be developed. Now, now he's building a thing. Let's go to number. Let's go to number three. Three important applications. And I want to dive into verse fourteen because because Haggai, under inspiration of Holy Spirit, is now is now is now pinpointing the challenge with God's people who were rebuilding the temple in Jerusalem. Look, look at this, verse 14. Haggai said, so it is with this people, these people right here in Jerusalem that are rebuilding the temple, this people, and this nation in my sight declares the Lord. It's not Haggai saying, it's God saying it. And God's speaking through Haggai. Now watch this. Whatever they do and whatever they offer, is defiled. Keyword, whatever they do. Whatever they offer. What were they doing? They were rebuilding the temple. They were putting their hands to, to rebuild the temple, whatever they offer. They were bringing their sacrifices to the altar, and they were bringing their, their meat to the altar, and they were sacrificing them to God. But the problem was they internally weren't fully right with God. They were living out the actions. There was a function and a form, and there was motion, but there wasn't an inner desire. You ever, you ever done something because you had to, but you didn't want to do it? Come on, God. Oh, I have. Remember as a little child, clean your room right now. If you don't clean your room, you're not getting dessert. <laughs> and you clean the room only to get the dessert. You don't really want to do it. But you do it. You got the motion, but the heart's not right. And God's people were bringing their sacrifices to the place of worship, but their heart wasn't right. And it was contaminating their, their sacrifice. And they were rebuilding the temple, but their hearts weren't in it. They were doing the motions, but they weren't, their, their heart wasn't behind it. So, so let, let, let me give you three things. So write this, you know, when, when you're, number one, when your heart isn't right with God, whatever you do will be wrong. Before God has your hands, he wants your heart. Serving is not about the action, it's about the heart. It always goes back to the heart. 
Our actions may not be perfect, but when our heart is pure, that's what the Lord wants. He wants your heart. Number two, holiness begins in the heart. God works on the inside before it's displayed outwardly. You don't start outwardly, you start inwardly. I remember after my father passed away and mom was still living in the house and we got to the point, we knew we needed to get her out of the house and the, the, the icing on the cake was, I, I remember she had, she had in, in, in a bedroom where my sisters had slept growing up, there was a leaking ceiling. And so she just gets someone in to repair the upper ceiling and just paint it over and it looked great, but you all know that's not gonna solve the problem. And it happened again, and she's called, Mark, I don't know what to do. I said, what's going on, Mom? And she told me, and there was, there was, there was a shingle on the roof that was up, and until you fix, the, until you fix that, it's not going to solve this. It's kind of like in our lives that we've got to work inwardly. God has to, God, he's got to get our heart. He's got to get our heart right with him. And, and actions flow from a, from a pure heart, not from a forced mechanical mechanism, but, but from a heart. And holiness begins on number three. God really wants your heart. Because if he has your heart, he'll soon have every other part of your life. When your heart is right, it'll affect every area of your life. It'll affect every action, every motion, every relationship, every, everything you do. It's all about the heart because God wants your heart. Let me take you to number four because God speaks to Haggai and there's three key steps, the two key steps God's people had to do, and the last step God did. So let's, let's go to number one. Number one, reflect. Number one, reflect. I want to dive into verse 15 down to verse 18, and he says in verse 15, now give careful thought to this. If you read the King James Version, it says consider your ways. Just take a close look. Take a close self-examination. Look how things are going for you. Give careful thought to this. Watch this. From this, this day on, this moment, this day, starting today. Consider how things were before one stone was laid on another in the Lord's temple. Read from this day on. Consider it. Look how things have gone. Look at verse 16. When anyone came to a, a heap of of 20 measures, and he's talking about the ancient Hebrew measure of, of grain, any kind of crop or grain. If, if, if they had 20 measures, they would go to the barn. Instead of 20, there was only 10. Where did the other 10 go? It's cut in 50%. And when anyone went to a wine vat to draw 50 measures, there was only 20. It's cut back 60%. Where did the rest of the wine go? And God spoke through Haggai to say to God's people in verse 17, it's, it's me, I struck all the work of your hands with blight, with mildew, and hail. Blight speaks of a strong wind that would blow in and cause disease and fungi to come onto their crops and onto their vines. Mildew speaks of, the, of, of, of the, the moisture that would come from the Mediterranean Sea and damage their crops and, 
And hell, God would allow hell to come down. And you're like, really? God's doing this to punish them? No, no, no. God sometimes allows things to get our attention, not to punish us, but to give us a course correction so that we would, we would get back to this holy heart right thing. And God was trying to get the attention of his people. Verse 18, here it is, from this day on, he says it again, from this 24th day of the nine month, there's the time marker, it's two months after the last time marker in the last chapter, give careful thought to the day when the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, give careful thoughts, examine it, take a close look at your life, how's it really going? How are you really doing? Number one, reflect. Then it's number two, return. And I see it in verse 17. Because God speaks to Haggai, and Haggai says to God people, yet you did not return to me. They were living out a form and a function, but their heart wasn't right. They put God on the circumference, but God said, I don't want to be on the circumference. I want to be in the center of your life. It's like God saying to you and I today, I don't just want to be a part of your life for one hour, nine o'clock on a Sunday morning. I want to be a part of your life 24-7. I want to be a part of your marriage. I want to be a part of your parenting. I want to be a part of your finances. I want to be a part of your health. I want to be a part of your career. I want to be a part of every area of your life. Here's the word today, church. Don't push God out to the circumference. It won't go well for you. Make him the center of your life. Say, Jesus, you're the center of everything. All I do is all about you. Is there a witness in the house this morning? All that I do, Jesus, is about you. All God was saying to his people is just come back. Just come back. Course correction. Put me in the center. Number one, reflect. Number two, return. And then number three, receive. Receive. This is what God does. Let me read to you verse 19. Is there yet any seed left in the barn? Until now the vine, that's where they get their beverage. The fig tree, that's where they get their food. The pomegranate, that's where they get their dye. And the olive tree, that's where they get their fuel. These were the four main economy of the day. Hath not borne fruit. But watch this. From this day on, I will bless you. I love those words. Let me point out several things. First of all, it's a point in time from this day on. Secondly, there's a person who would do it. I And then there's a promise, we'll bless. This is the first time the word bless is used in this passage of scripture. I will, it's a promise. Bless, there's the purpose. You, it's personal. There's a point in time. There's a person who will do it. There's a promise and there's a purpose. And it's personal from this day on. I will bless you. It's like God was saying to Haggai, when you put me in the center from this day forward, you're going to see blessing being released all throughout. This is the turning point. This is the turning moment. This is the moment. When you move me from circumference to center, you watch the blessing of God happen in your life. Somebody say amen. So I want to wrap it up. And I want to take you to number five. And I want to leave you with five thoughts that I want to invite you to consider today. 
And I believe that this is the word for some of you sitting right here on set and some of you watching online. Number one, it's never too late to start doing what is right. We have to decide that this is the day I will obey. And there's some of you sitting here today and there's some of you watching online and your past is crippling you from your potential. And God is saying, start today. Start right now. Make a decision. I'm going to put God first. I'm going to put God first. This is the day that I'm going to start to obey. I'm not going to look back and say, what a mess. I'm not going to look back and say, from this day on is in our text. And I want to encourage this to start by saying, starting today. Starting today. I'm going to turn a new page in my book of life and I'm going to start fresh today I'm not going to look back and I'm not going to stay stuck here I'm going to move forward I'm going to put Jesus I'm going to get back to reading my Bible starting today I'm going to start praying with my spouse starting today I'm going to start putting Jesus first in my finances we're going to start tithing today I'm, I'm going to I'm going to start today I'm going to this is the day that the Lord has made what is Holy Spirit saying to you and me where you have put him in the circumstances conference and now you need to place them in the center start today from this day on now i'll tell you church that's a great thing to do now number two blessing begins the moment we obey it just does now somebody like wow does that mean if i start tithing that my finances are going to go way up no god is not some kind of slot machine church i'm here to say to you sometimes the blessing is an inner peace that you know that you're doing what is right and honor to god we don't do to get we do because it's right before God and often I find in my life the blessing I receive is an inner contentment that I've now put Jesus not in the circumference but in the center and I'm telling you church blessing begins when you say today I start to obey I'm going to put him first in this area now number three keep making right choices. Go in it for the long haul. Don't stop today. Continue tomorrow. Don't, don't, don't just continue tomorrow. Start the, keep going all week. Keep going all month. Keep going for the next one. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. I'll tell you what the devil wants. The devil wants you to start strong, but wants you to end. But no, no, we're not going to give up. We're not going to give up. We're not going to give up. We're going to press forward. We're going to put Jesus in the center of our church attendance. We're going to put Jesus in the center of our devotional time. We're going to put Jesus in the center of our career. We're going to keep on making God honoring choices. And I've learned in my life, wherever I put Jesus in the center, blessing is always released. When I get up in the morning, when I lay my head on the pillow at night, I know if I'm putting him in the center, blessing is released. Come on, somebody give a little clap offering of praise to our Lord God. Woo. Number four, I wish I didn't have to say this, but you need to hear it. There still will be consequences. Some people go, well, if I just start today, it's all the consequences erased. No, there's consequences. And sometimes consequences can linger and hang on, and, but don't let them cripple you. Don't, don't let them hold you back because of our, our unwise choices when we for example, if we, we just spent way more than we earned and we got into huge debt and we didn't know how to get out, but then we started to put Jesus first in our finances and live in our means and put him first in our tithing, it's not like the next day all the debts are wiped away. Sometimes it takes five, ten years to get out of it, but at least you're starting. At least you're going in the right direction. 
Don't let the consequences stop you. Start doing what is right and stay on the course. And watch the miracles that Jesus gives along the way. And then there's number five, and I want the band to come and join me on the platform, please. As I lead you into number five, the harvest will come eventually. Every farmer knows that. Whatever one sows, that they shall reap. God loves taking the little things like a little seed and making something huge. I, I drive down Green Bank to go home, and my goodness, the corn starts small and it grows real fast. Real fast. It feels like one day to the next it's growing. It starts as a little seed and it, and it grows. God loves taking something small and he loves making something big out of it. Now the harvest will come eventually. You plant the seed. You keep doing what is right. And then let God take care of the harvest, the blessing. Let God determine what the blessing will look like. Let God determine how the blessing will come to you. Don't you determine the blessing. You just keep doing your part. Saying, God, I'm not perfect, but I give you my heart. I give you my everything. God, take my heart and just do a spiritual work so I'm not just going through the function but my heart is transformed by you that Jesus I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay the course I'm going to keep pressing forward and God I need your help to keep doing it but I give you my heart and when you give him your heart you say Lord I'm all in I'm yours watch what God does he always releases blessing. I want you to stand with me this morning all across this place. You're at home watching online. Stand right now. I want to invite you just to lift your hands right now high to the heavens. Father God, I pray even before we sing, before we worship in song, that there would be a personal Holy Spirit self-examination that would go on right now. God, if there's any area in any one of our lives where we have put you in the circumference, that God, we'd, we'd now put you in the center in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, that we'd say, this is my desire. I give you my heart. I give you my everything. I give you my all. So, God, just take our heart right now. And I pray, Jesus, that you do a spiritual work in this house today. I pray in the name of the Lord that you do a spiritual work in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord. God, you were speaking to Haggai, to God's people, that they were going through the function, but their hearts weren't right. And all you wanted was their heart. But you said, from this day on, this day on, I'm going to release blessing. So God, I pray that we would move you from circumference to center and you would release blessing in the name of the Lord, I pray. In the name of the Lord, I pray. God, I know we're not a perfect church, but we serve a perfect Savior. And I know, God, that this church wants you to be not at the circumference, but in the center. And I pray, Jesus, that we step into the fall season, that you wouldn't be in the circumference of ministries. You would be in the center of these ministries in the name of the Lord. I pray you would take our life groups, our Celebrate Recovery, the Alpha Ministry, every ministry, all the prayer ministries, and you, Jesus, would be in the center in the name of the Lord, we pray. Now, we love you, Jesus. We ask it by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, put your hands together right now. Give a loud clap offering of praise. Come on, Woodville, give a loud clap offering of praise to the Lord God. I want you to sing this now as your prayer. This is my desire.
Bowed, everyone's eyes are closed. I have a few questions for you today. And the first question of today was the day that you died and you stepped into eternity. Do you know that you know that you're going to heaven? Was there a time, was there a place, was there a moment that you asked Jesus to be the center of your life? I don't want you to think you're going to heaven. I don't want you to hope you're going to heaven. I want you to know that you're going to heaven. Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Christianity is not a dead religion. It's a living personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Was there a time, a place, a moment that you asked personally, Jesus, 
to come into your life and forgive you of your sins. You're standing on sight or you're watching online and you can't answer that question with a definite yes. I want to lead you in this prayer and we're going to join you. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus I ask you into my life. I ask you into my life. Please forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my sins. Be the center of my life. Be the center of my life. Today, Today I confess you as my Savior, as my Savior and my Lord, my Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Open your eyes. Put your hands together now, Woodville. Come on. Celebrate salvation. I believe there's people on site and online that today you ask Jesus in your life. You made the best decision of your life. If you don't attend a life-giving, Bible-believing church, we'd be honored if you joined us in the journey. You're on site on the way out. Pick up a Bible at one of the exit tables. It's free. We got a little booklet called Follow. It's free. And they can tell you about our follow class that's starting up in the next couple of weeks to help you in your new faith journey. If you're watching online and you ask Jesus into your life, reach out to us and we will reach back to you. Now, church, we're stepping into the fall season. And there's some of you today, like, I need a life group to get into. Go to our church website. We got some amazing life groups to help you with your, your challenges of life. We got Celebrate Recovery. We've got an extended prayer ministry that happens every Thursday evening. And if you need a team of people to pray you through something, show up on Thursday night. And they're here to pray you through. Because we believe that Jesus can make a difference. We want to be a spiritual hospital to help you in your life journey. But I have another question I want to ask you today, and it's a personal question. Is there any area of your life that you've not fully, completely surrendered to Jesus? I'm going to pray right now in our final moments that Jesus would move from circumference to center. Maybe it's your health. Maybe it's your money. Maybe it's your career. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your family. And you've not allowed Jesus to be in the center. And sometimes how we know he's not the center is we keep on trying to control it. And I feel the Lord saying to me to say to the house, release it to Jesus. Cast it at the feet of Jesus. Let him be the center of it. And watch what he does. So I'm going to pray that in a couple of moments. And after I pray, we're dismissed. And, and if you like personal prayer, there's a team of people that will be here at the front. They'd love to pray with you. And if you've come prepared to give on site, there's buckets in the back. There's debit machines in the lobby. And if your children are in the children's ministry, thank those amazing workers for their amazing job. And, and you're here today and you're at this 9 o'clock service. Obviously, consider attending 9 and serving at another service. Sign up online for the serve class. We really need you. And we just want to make sure that we can accommodate all those that want to come in the fall season. That's why we're going to three services. And we need your help with that. But where it starts in every area of our life is I give you my heart. I give you my heart. So let's just lift our hands one more time this morning. Jesus, it's been a great morning. I thank you, God, for the worship together. And thank you, God, for everyone on site and everyone online. And help us, God, to allow you to be the center of every single area of our life. God, help us not to go through the form and the function, but let it be so heart-filled led in Jesus' name. Thank you, God, for this amazing church. Thank you, Lord, for the great, wonderful things you're doing. And we believe 
There's an exciting fall season coming up, and we say hallelujah. Thank you, God, for this great church. Give them a great day and a great week. To God be the glory.